Hello everyone, I'm HK back again with the another episode. Super excited to have you all here. Really appreciate you guys for listening. In this episode, I'm excited to talk about cloud adoption framework. It's great to be back again with uh, another interesting topic. Really appreciate everyone's time. In this episode, let's learn about enterprise scale landing zones, Azure Bicep, the well-architectured framework. Let me also discuss about working with the Azure architecture to make it easier for clients to operate uh, cloud technologies and the three main parts uh, of uh, Azure architecture, reasons that people haven't uh, heard about Azure architecture. Cloud adoption framework will assist uh, those uh, looking to build their company with Azure enterprise uh, scale landing zones help plan and set up Azure environment, how the automation for the visual landing zone operates, Azure by making it easy to write ARM templates, Microsoft Learn helps people learn about uh, Microsoft, not just Azure. Microsoft Builds provides a 24 bar on video platform as a learning resource. Advice for those uh, that uh, want to get into content creation. Collaboration with others is incredibly important for growth. Well architecture framework versus uh, cloud adoption framework at Microsoft. Even um, bad advice provides uh, value if you look at uh, correctly yeah there is a couple of things i have worked on three main topics one of them is uh, the azure architecture stuff where we have the cloud adoption framework and uh, enterprise scale that's something i also did a lot of work around uh, obviously hypercloud topics like azure architecture and uh, then obviously try to help people learn about azure and uh, cloud technologies and stuff like that i'm really happy about what i learned about uh, the cloud adoption framework and the new announcements with the enterprise scale to make it easier for everyone to actually get their landing zones ready for Azure deployments. So architecture basically has uh, well uh, when it was announced we basically had three parts right we have the server management part we had the kubernetes management part and we had the data sets part and for the service server management part it really allows you to manage servers wherever they are running uh, using the azure portal that was the first service one could actually go and just try it out at the beginning it was just azure policy to do case count operation policies and logs and now you can control Azure update management, inventory and stuff like that. As well as you can start using some of the VM extensions we have for Azure VMs. And then for the Kubernetes part, one went actually from private preview into public preview. And that was really very interesting because a lot of people wanted to have that management basically for the Kubernetes clusters, not only when they run in Azure, when they run on premise or even at uh, cloud providers. So that was really exciting for a lot of customers. And then the data service part extended there a little bit. It's not just Azure SQL and PostgreSQL. It's also how the possibility to manage existing SQL server and uh, attach them using the Azure tech architecture. And then use, uh, for example, security centers to scan vulnerabilities for your SQL server for far more than just a standalone SQL server. And I think the reason why probably people didn't really hear about Azure architecture is because it's uh, really just a bridge to start using more Azure services for stuff which is not in Azure. Azure architecture itself I think it's good but at one point it will become like the normal thing like uh, I will just onboard resources using architecture so I can start using this fantastic uh, Azure management services. Azure got a long way to get uh, lots of people that are still just using on-premises stuff into Azure. So it's going to be a long road. The other thing was the cloud adoption framework, which is insanely good. I've seen people talking about for a long time. This is one of the most underestimated resources because it's just full of uh, insanely good information. So for those who don't know the cloud adoption framework, 
I always tell people, hey, if you start with Azure in your company and you want to build an environment, go ahead and check out the Cloud Adoption Framework because it's kind of like uh, most people when they go out and they want to migrate or build services or like modernize their infrastructure, they are looking at uh, architecture in a way that, okay, how do I architect the application? Which service do I put together? However, there is much, much more so you can application. You can be an application architect and uh, you can do all of that, but you also need to prepare basically the Azure environments for governance, security, auditing, and all of that. And then also have uh, migration strategies or development strategies. Think about not just uh, about how do I design it, how do I implement it, but then how do I operate it and uh, bring that all together. That is basically the cloud adoption framework. And the event is also about is called uh, the enterprise scale uh, landing zones. So one part of the cloud adoption framework is the landing zone. So that is basically how do I set up an Azure environment? How do I plan that? Like different subscriptions and uh, like base setup and how do I uh, architect my environment, networking, etc. Now it turns out that this was obviously a lot of effort or it's still a lot of effort for a lot of companies when they do that. And uh, then at one point they realize, hey, I cannot build on this anymore. And then it becomes very difficult. They kind of have that uh, showstopper because they did not think about the future too much. So the team went out there and uh, built the enterprise scale landing zones, which are on two ways. One is like predefined architecture, how your landing zones can look like. So you get the visuals and you get how you should uh, do your subscriptions and uh, how do you set up, which service goes where. But the thing is also that uh, they added uh, some automation to this. So instead of just uh, then going manually or build all the automation for yourself, they used basically Azure policy to set up these environments. So you can just go to set up and take one of those repositories, change the configuration files as your setup should be, and then go out and deploy that through your Azure environment. And then that will create the management groups and that will create the subscriptions and all of that, deploying the different services and so on. And when you want to make changes, it will also just be like infrastructure's code. You will just make the changes in these files and it will also do that for you. So if you say, hey, I need a management group, it will automatically go and deploy that. Especially the readiness section was always like uh, just tons of gold in there, naming standards and tagging and all the placement of, uh, to your point, management groups. Some people don't know what that is. Actually, the landing zone stuff's cool. Let me talk about how was the automation for that. Was it uh, just a blueprints or a combo for ARM templates and stuff like that in Azure policy? Answer is, it currently doesn't use the blueprint mechanisms. It just uses uh, policy and a uh, different set of ARM template and deployment stuffs, which uh, can basically trigger. It is uh, just controlled by policy itself. It's uh, built very natively into Azure. It's also funny when I spoke to people building this, as you can imagine, there are many, many opinions in cloud adoption framework. Let me talk about Azure Bicep. Gave it out as an open source uh, tooling. What it actually is, or uh, what we try to address this, that uh, ARM templates, it takes a lot of time and it's not that easy. And ARM templates uh, can get very complex. It can be a lot of uh, code you actually need to read. It's not that you look at it. If you add a couple of uh, resources in there, it can get very long template. Basically, making ARM templates easier as well as uh, make sure that uh, the template itself is uh, is easier to read later on so you can actually see what's going on. There is no another abstraction layer. 
that was very important to the team and especially also to the architecture team within Azure, which designs the whole Azure solutions. They didn't want to have another abstraction layer or something like that. Right now, it's really about making it easier. And so there are a couple of uh, tools you install for the Visual Studio Core and then you get some really cool tools and uh, you write basically your Vices file instead of uh, the ARM template and then you build it. You build basically the ARM template, which you then can fire against uh, Azure, which makes sense. They have made um, massive investments in ARM templates. There is uh, just uh, so much automation out there when it comes to not just doing basic automation, but doing marketplace work, it's important. It's uh, cool and so the bicep. I don't know, we call it a framework that just gets people in the game a little bit easier than uh, having to learn all of the JSON and the friction that, that comes with the ARM template development. There are so many things which were important for the team and obviously the focus really making it easier. That was the number one concern. ARM is great and obviously Azure Resource Manager is a fantastic tool we have, but uh, Again, uh, writing these templates is difficult and that is what uh, Bicep tries to address. You can go to a GitHub repository so it's open source so you can actually see what's going on and the team has certain milestones to deliver more and more features. It's really preview so don't build something in production because uh, there will be no support right now and the chances are high that things will break. We never know some things will change in the future. At the end of the day, Though uh, high-level configuration language, it's easier to read and uh, write, and that's going to compile down to give you a JSON ARM template at the end of the day. So switching gears, let me talk about learning and stuff. So Microsoft Learn is a really a free learning platform where you can actually go out and uh, do learning paths depending on education, not necessarily on certification, but on uh, different technologies or different skills you want to learn, and uh, not just uh, limited to other Azure. So it's about all Microsoft in there. You have uh, different modules, you can uh, filter them and you can do them. And the great thing about it is uh, you not only get text, in some of them you get a little bit of a video. You also get this uh, things called sandboxes. So you can actually go out and try out Azure basically without having an Azure subscription or without needing a credit card or anything. You get that sandbox for I think two hours a day or something, you can use it. That's a hard thing for a lot of people, especially when they might not have a credit card to set up a trial or get the subscription of their own. They might not have it at work. That's really cool. Even uh, I didn't realize it, uh, it was uh, two hours a day. So don't abuse the environment. If you have, for example, your trainers, uh, you do stuff with them and uh, you want to go with this topic a little bit deeper or uh, have a recap for yourself, you can actually go out and try one of these modules and see if you got that information and uh, could go back but i'm curious to talk about the difference between well architecture framework and uh, cloud adoption framework to me personally when it comes to for example the cloud adoption framework it really is not necessarily focused on uh, designing certain application types or scenarios it's really to build this cloud foundation and uh, prepare the landing zones and get some operations in it and um, all that not really focused on what you are actually going to deploy on later the well architected framework is more focused really on okay how do i do the right architecture for the specific application or service or design this uh, that is uh, kind of on a very high level how i see it so that was uh, kind of how i was thinking of it uh, was uh, well architecture is more theoretical and maybe cloud option framework is a little bit more tactical it's got some theory but it's uh, also got some stuff to help you implement so that's awesome Hope this episode was good learning experience. I think that's a great takeaway though. Just turning a negative pandemic situation to a positive learning experience. Looking for the upside in every situation. 
Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. So we'll try to keep up the good work and hopefully see you all with the, another episode soon. Take care. Cheers.